a lot of reactions going on within the world when it comes to Black Lives Matter and what the talk of systemic and institutional injustices, as I would call it, are happening so much. Now, Republic Records, who has a lot of major artists on underneath that label, they decided to remove Urban describing some of their artists on the label. Now, years ago, it used to be black. Years ago, it used to be R&B. Years ago, it used to be soul. And the idea was, it's also because of the fact that the urban description wants to be removed because of, obviously, Republic's role to go ahead and mainstream their artists because they don't want to have the crossover, I'm guessing is what it is. And the thing is this, many years before, and I, what I want to say, first of all, is I'm a support of a move like this. Having you know, stations being labeled as urban, you know, it's understood why they call it that. Again, it's city music in some cases. And the fact of the matter is they want to have a fine, a way to get properly present music. So it's not being pigeonholed, as they're saying, or being set up in a spot where it cannot be recognized, where mainstream society should be accepting it more. And I agree with that because there should be a proper representation of the artists that are out there. We see what the Billboard Hot 100 and the Spotify and the Pandora and the Apple uh, iTunes charts are all giving us. We see proper makeup and representation of what the charts really are. We've been a disconnect for many years, and I've talked about this. Coming up next year will be the 30th anniversary of one of the most significant moments in Billboard chart history. So I want to go ahead and first of all take the story from a public records and just talk about what the story is. And I'm going to give you the history of why this is important and why we might be seeing a change 30 years in the making. So now, Republic Records, home to top artists, including Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift, they're going to ban the word urban as a generalization for hip-hop and R&B. So it's an antiquated umbrella term, still used to describe many artists, I mean, awards of the Grammys, which ignorantly lumps all music by black artists into the same grab bag. And by the way, Hispanic artists, because back in the day, if you listen to a station prior to it being wrapped, there was a time in the early 90s, which I'm going to get back to my history in a moment, there were a lot of Hispanic artists in the same vein. And there are some now that also would be considered in the same vein. You just have to realize that. But in some stations, Spanish artists will not get played on black stations because there's just not a, it doesn't mold well. So you're not going to hear reggaeton songs on a station unless you hear a station as a crossover formatted station, which blends all formats. And one of the things that's going to be more important is a lot of these stations that are crossover on the radio end, FM radio stations, top 40 radios decline in every major market, except for only a couple. But then rhythm crossover does better. And that's the big thing. And I can tell you why it was. There was a whole point where that all changed. Let's explain that. So Republic posted on Instagram that, they're going to remove urban from departmental names, employee titles, and music genres. We encourage the rest of the music industry to follow suit, as it is important to shape the future of what we wanted to look like and not adhere to the outdated structures of the past. This is a big company, and they will have a lot of clout. So if they want to make this change, it's pretty important. So now, here's what's going on in this. The announcement comes, of course, with the police killing of unarmed black man George Floyd. Now, Republic's parent company, Universal, has pledged $25 million to a new dedicated change fund along with a task force who focuses will include distributing grants to organizations focused on black lives and equality. Great. What just cause? 
Now, Warner Music Group is going to promise $100 million to support charitable causes related to the music industry, social justice and campaigns against violence and racism. And The Weeknd, who is also a Republic artist, is going to donate $500,000 to groups including Black Lives Matter. Some of the other artists that are in, underneath this as well, they're also looking for some changes. Lizzo, Talib Kweli, and John Legend are among the celebrities that are opening, signed an open letter calling to reduce police funding nationwide, reallocating resources of the sectors, including health and education. So again, the music industry is well involved. Are they performative allies? I think there's some point where we can make that argument for some of these people. Not all of them, but some. Now, the use of urban and music jargon dates back to the mid-1970s, according to the Billboard, in which black New York radio DJ Frankie Crocker, who was a, a mainstay at 107.5 FM WBLS in New York City, he coined the phrase urban contemporary. Now, its origins were not negative. It was just considered marginalizing the black artists and its work and their work. So that's what they're talking about that. Now, the reason why we have this here is this. Atlantic reported this story back in 2015. 1991, the most important year in pop music history. Historical, musical, and quantitative evidence shows that the rise of rap is the most important thing that happened to the genre. So talking about pop music, mainstream music included everything. Rock, rap, dance, country, everything. Whatever songs were the most popular top 40 singles or the top 100 singles on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The deal is that the radio stations around the country that were mainstream top 40 radio, they would play those songs. Now, they might not play all those songs, but they would be included in the charts for them because that would be the best representation of what songs you're playing in a circular market. Now, there might be some that did not play it so much, but there was a time where Believe it or not, the music industry in the Billboard perspective actually represented the makeup and representation of artists because it was like that back in the day. But then there's been a true watering down of top 40 radio and pop music. And there was a way to do that, but a lot of things happened where there's ups and downs to it. So now, in this Atlantic article, they mentioned that June 22nd, 1991, Billboard had announced a new album had surpassed R.E.M.'s Out of Time. And it was N.W.A.'s album, and I, I'm not going to say the word for life. It debuted the previous week at number two, sold nearly a million copies in its first seven days. Billboard had published an album chart for 45 years, and it marked a historic week. The first time a rap group claimed the top spot on the Billboard 200. Now, with this, N.W.A.'s album... Why did it sell a million copies? It wasn't just blacks. A lot of whites, a lot of Hispanics. It was a change. Also, you have to remember Tipper Gore and all the music, uh, the outcry from the women against the hip-hop, just that whole congressional thing. Tipper Gore, the wife of Al Gore, uh, she was legislating and lobbying for music companies and record labels to put on the explicit lyrics sticker on records of which she didn't realize it she actually helped the music industry by doing that because then that made those those singles those cds those cassettes with that label they made them more 
they made it more appear uh, appealing. She just made it. Well, those those artists are going to get sold more, and that's what just created. The, it was just a rebellion. And again, rebellion in music—that's a normal thing. And music being a rebellious platform for many years. Just think of songs that were about war, about systemic and institutional injustices. We have lots of songs. Just besides the songs we have that are about love and heartache. We know that. There's been a lot of that. Now, so for several years, music historians have considered this, the consecration of rap on mainstream music charts, the watershed moment in modern music, marking the death of hard rock and the dawn of a period where hip-hop has merged with several genres, including country, dance, and alt-rock to become the modern sound of pop. New analysts for researchers of the United Kingdom studied the chord structure and sounds of 70,000 songs in the half century. The term of the 1991 marked the most significant revolution in the history of pop music. The rise of rap and hip-hop marked the single most important event that shaped the musical structural of the American charts. And that's what they mentioned. So rap became to the forefront. Sugar Hill, Gangs, Rapper's Delight charted in 1979. If you listen to American Top 40 at that time, Casey Kasem, he played that song. It was on there. Then you have Run DMC, released King of Rock, performed at Live Aid. Beastie Boys came out with License to Ill in late 1986. And then you had a lot of things that brought rap music to the forefront. But then for chart watchers and top 40 radio listeners, rap clung to the fringes into the early 90s. And it got its critical boost from an unlikely ally, Billboard Statistical Method. The methodology of the Hot 100 charts continues to change. And it is one of the, still one of the best indicators of where music is today in the mainstream. And it still is today. So now, here's what happened. There was a time where Billboard had a few ways to truly measure what albums were being sold in stores and, or what was played on the radio. They relied on an honor system by asking record stores and DJs to self-report, the most popular position, musicians at the moment. Both parties had reasons to lie, they said, and not just because the labels would pressure radio stations and record stores to play the hand-picked hits. So for many years, Billboard wasn't a perfect mirror of American tastes, but it actually was pretty good because you had to go buy sales. And there were certain stores, you know, listen, the record labels had to go ahead and lobby to get themselves forward. And there were a lot of artists that did make themselves prominent on the charts, regardless of where they came from. If they were able to cross over, yeah, number one songs, you got successful. And there have been many black, Hispanic, and ethnic artists that have been very successful, regardless of what people say. So now, 1991, Nielsen entered the record store charade, releasing SoundScan, using point-of-sales data from cash registers and stores. They had timely information now on which albums were really selling, and then Billboard switched from trusting radio station self-reports to monitoring airplay through a third party. And the Hot 100 chart changed from a political document to a statistical register. So the numbers were being crunched, and not just a political say, say hearsay of who, who was what, Okay, the Hot 100 chart, then you'd have NWA replacing R.E.M. on the charts. Out with soft rock and with hip-hop. In the early 1990s, the hip-hop rap genre exploded to become by far the most common genre of music on the Billboard Hot 100 charts for two decades. So what happened was you had, you had and the thing was, it was just a particular genre, but it wasn't meaning that we didn't have black and hispanic artists and and other ethnic artists not represented it's because of the fact we had r&b music that was prominent 
and soul music that was prominent still. And then rap just became another genre that entered into the fray and entered under the black urban charts. And that's what they did. So you have that coming up, and that's what came about that. And then there's a story I'm going to take for the outline that talks about the white ways of the top 40. I don't necessarily go all the way with this story, but, I mean, they do put some good points across. And here's what they said. So American Top 40, the number one syndicated radio program in the United States, airs on iHeartRadio stations around the country. Ryan Seacrest hosts. There are 150 iHeartRadio Top 40 radio stations, according to this story in 2017, that play 24 hours a day Top 40 hits. Now, the Top 40 stations, though, they're not really playing the Top 40, or at least they're not playing the list of songs that everyone else considers to be the definitive version of the most popular songs in America, the Billboard Hot 100 chart. If you examine the American Top 40 chart, which is published weekly on iHeart's website, and also on USA Today, as for a matter of fact, there's some striking differences. American Top 40 chart includes more dance songs, more songs performed by DJs, and significantly more white artists than its counterpart, the Billboard Hot 100. So they show the songs on there, and many songs by black performers rise in the top 40 after a viral release without the backing of major labels with the political leverage to get their songs onto American Top 40 radio. So they go through songs that were explained here. In 2017, they had a song, Juju on that Beat by Zayla Figure and Zaria McCall reached number 30 on the Billboard chart, and it never made the American Top 40 chart at all. And there were seven songs by black artists in the Billboard Top 40 for that week. Two of them were made by independent labels. The other were the products of Atlantic, RCA, and Rock Nation, all labels with the backing to maneuver a song into Top 40 radio. But again, the record labels are going to go ahead and determine, okay, are we going to take a song and try to position it to top 40. They're going to go to urban radio first, to the hip-hop stations first. If the song does and performs so well, then they move it to top 40. But again, it's always the progress to go from one to the other. So they talked to Eric Weisbart, an associate professor at the University of Alabama, author of the book Top 40 Democracy. He says, quote, people are structurally given a wider version of top 40. That Americans here on the radio, it's not the empirical top 40. American Top 40 Radio is functioning as a kind of a filter that makes something softer, whiter, older. So they mentioned October 22nd, 2016, Ray Schmerd's Black Beatles, number one on the Billboard Hot 100. It closed out the year number one in 2016. And in the 18 weeks since, it was one of the most popular songs in American culture. But Black Beatles did not make it the American Top 40 chart until January 7th, 2017. And the song had already been on the chart for seven weeks. Well, we've talked, I've talked about it on my Bill Broadcasters podcast about the difference, the disconnect of the American Top 40 chart, which is more or less a chart that's being represented to all radio stations to play, that play Top 40 to this. And those that they do. So they show songs where, like, here you go. This is February 4th, 2017. Alicia Carr, Alicia Carr is uh, Scarce to Your Beautiful's number one on their chart. And Bad and Bougie by Migos was number one. And that was on for, what, like seven weeks, I think? So that's what happened. Now, in this, America Top 40 first aired July 4th weekend by Casey Kasem in 1970. Number, number 40 song in America was Marvin Gaye's End of Our Road. And what happened was you have the creation of the hits format. 
Todd Stewart was one of the first people to do this. Uh, you own a station in Omaha, Nebraska, K-O-W-H. Uh, he came up with the idea serving in the First World War, watching a waitress at a restaurant using her hard-earned tip money that the jukebox would play the same songs over and over again. And when she asked her why, she didn't have a reason. There was no rhyme or reason to it. And that was the idea of the top 40 charts as this. So again, maybe they didn't want variety and complex programming. They just wanted their favorite songs played on a loop. Favorite songs, not determined by some other entity. So the story is going along about how stores created the top 40 radio format. And then others would go may also make their own version of it. But they also mentioned the reason of why we're having this disconnect. Let's go into that. The Hot 100 was always good about diversifying. So in the story, it held incredible power over how frequently a song got played, how much opportunity an artist to become successful. It combined single sales and radio airplay, so in a way, the chart and the top 40 stations were self-referential. Again, they were not relying on both. So radio station managers of independent top 40 stations controlled how many of the songs on the Hot 100 they actually played. If a station manager knew that their audience liked only upbeat songs because they're the only one songs callers requested, they would skip the songs in the Billboard Top 40 that didn't fit the tone. But the true dividing factor was genre. Rock and roll became more fragmented. Genres became, we had heavy metal, dance, and new wave gained. Top 40 stations were more likely to pick just one emerging genre over others. Now, again, the story goes into media base, which is what's going on and what's the real change of everything else. So let's go into this. Uh, one of the other things that also happened was deregulation. Also a determining factor to why the radio doesn't represent music. Because the reason they're creating urban, if you're looking at Spotify, Pandora, Apple, Amazon Music, they're not necessarily worried about having charts that are genre-based. And the main charts for them are all diversified. So the formats that were created, the genres, that's really for radio. And radio is antiquated. We all know that. So Telecommunications Act 1996, first overhaul of telecommunications in 60 years. And it made it clear that radio, voice and video services could be delivered together over the internet and thus should be deregulated. So you had that change. And then the other thing that happened was um, the American Top 40 broadcast. Now, for the longest time, Okay, in October 2000, this is another significant moment, because what happened was uh, the American Top 40 charts started using MediaBase as their source for what was going on. And Casey Kasem was still hosting the show at this time. They abandoned the Billboard charts altogether. In 1991, American Top 40 completely no longer used the Billboard Hot 100. I think it was October of 1991, they no longer used that chart. They would then use the Billboard Mainstream Top 40. And then some variation of Billboard uh, charts were done. But then the American Top 40 went away for a while uh, because of an old issue in 1995 after Shadow Stevens left the show. And then the show was no longer around for a number of years. And Casey Kasem continued to do his show, but he was using the radio and records chart because he couldn't use the Billboard chart. So Billboard was not represented at all for a number of years. And when they came back, then American Top 40 started using MediaBase. So MediaBase's chart methodology is not transparent. It does include iHeart stations in the county, but it means Top 40 stations are not obligated to play something they don't think their listeners will like, which just so happens to be songs by black artists, if that's the case maybe. So if you look at the 
Billboard Top 40 versus American Top 40, 12 songs are different between them. Of the 13 songs in this chart, seven of them were black artists that had never appeared on the American Top 40 chart before. Okay, and of the 12 songs that replaced them in the American Top 40 chart, only two of them, which is Do You Mind by DJ Khaled featuring Nicki Minaj and Cold Water by Major Lazer featuring Justin Bieber were performed by black artists. And so the Billboard chart for that date, 40% represented black artists. American Top 40, 17.5%. And that's the idea. So you have this going on. And again, the reason why this is important is because Billboard has always been progressive. They've always followed the trend of music. It's not because we need to change music as a white privilege, okay? If Ryan Seacrest wants to go ahead and, you know, have guilt and white privilege and say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to give my charts up and we're not going to use media base anymore. Well, that's why I've always said for many years, America Top 40 should start using the Billboard charts. Billboard should start working with them again. Eliminate media base from the whole conversation altogether. Or use it as a component into the Billboard charts as a methodology. That's it. That's all it should be. But if you look at the history of the Hot 100, it has always represented music of different ethnicities all across the board. I look at Wikipedia. Here's your most weeks at number one for all the artists that have been on the Hot 100. Mariah Carey is number one, 82 weeks. Give me any of her songs that she had up there. Elvis Presley, Rihanna is at 60. Beatles, Boys the Men and Drake are tied at 50. Usher, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, and then Elton John's at 34. So again, look at that. Look at how many people that you have right there that are represented. And also, if you mention other things where Black Eyed Peas as, an, as a group, they've been on 34 weeks at number one. And if you included Fergie, that would be part of that list. If you included Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 and how many times they reached the top of the Billboard chart, the grail of what music the music industry follows. The Michael Jackson would have had 47 weeks at number one. And that's not counting how many times, how many gold platinum albums they all sold. Okay. There was always a lot of representation on those charts. Now rap, different story. But again, you see what's going on here. I mean, if you look at the Billboard chart now, I guarantee you, you see a complete representation. The Billboard Hot 100 chart right now, you see lots of rap music on that chart in the top 40 as well. I'm looking at the current Hot 100 chart right here. If you look at it, it's totally encompassing so much. At the moment, look at your top five. Look at your representation. Minus Rain On Me, Lady Gaga, Ariana Grande, okay? Savage, Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce, number two. Rockstar, The Baby Feature, Roddy Rich, three. Bonnie Lights, The Weeknd, four. Say So, Doja Cat, Me, Nicki Minaj, five. Look at how much black representation there is on the charts. It tells you something. There's no forcing about it. There's a lot of good work by the record companies to get those songs up there. But first of all, music streaming says everything. Sales say everything. TikTok makes a big difference. And that's what's going on. Don't tell me that. The thing is, there is representation out there. But to get on top 40 and to get what Republic Records is asking for them to do, they want to get rid of that. Again, Tyler, the, the creator, got a best rap album in the Grammys in January. He says his music's being pigeonholed. He says, quote, half of me feels like the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment. It sucks 
that whenever we, and I mean guys who look like me, do anything that's genre-bending, genre they're always putting us in a rap or urban category. I don't like urban, that urban word. It's just a politically correct way to, correct way to say the N-word. <laughs> wow, end quote. So let's change it. Again, there's no problem changing the music up. But one thing that will change more is the top 40 radio should actually represent and be a proper representation of what's going on. And that is more than positive anything. I think that's, that's a change I would definitely want. If there was anything we could change, you know, if we're wanting to show opportunities, if we want to go ahead and show people paving the way to make things where people can be really big stars, I mean, how many people do you know out there that are probably protesting? How many of them are good singers, good performers, you know, maybe good songwriters, maybe good play, maybe good music players? Imagine if the music industry could be propped up if Top 40 Radio and, and, and the, the charts and the music that you could put out there and the chance for people to become successful are not getting hampered down by the Ryan Seacrests, the iHeartRadios, and the American Top 40 Countdown style that we've had for 30 years. It's time for a change. <laughs> 